0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's ASF weekly science podcast. So far, so good. I emerged from Texas COVID free. So this week, I want to share three new articles with you about new and maybe not so new interventions for autism. And while they may not always target specific autism behaviors, One of them I absolutely fell in love with and spent hours down a rabbit hole looking it up and learning about it. So if you remember the day of learning, we had a session on leisure activities in autism and how they provided benefits, specifically in people who were actually studying them in a scientific way. And so when I saw a study about cooking in kids with autism, I went crazy I had never heard of this before, but a program in Modena, Italy, started in 2016, called Il Tortellante, was started at the Ott Ott headquarters in Moderna. This is a therapeutic and also leisure activity where autistic teenagers and adults learn to make fresh pasta by hand. They make the pasta and they build skills while doing it. Yeah, I mean, this all sounds great. You may think, why can't people with autism make pasta? Well, of course they can, but do they ever get the opportunity to? Do they get paid to do it? And does this training program work? And what methods do they use? Well, they use ABA methods. These things include shaping, fading, modeling, prompting, chaining, token economy, and task analysis. The point was to look at adaptive behaviors and see if it also changed social impairments and ASD-related symptoms. In addition to making the pasta, the program involved a five-day, three to six-hour a day of additional training in therapeutic and rehab with different goals, like the shopping project in which people learn to manage the pantry by checking products on a regular basis and creating shopping lists. The money project in which they were taught to learn how to manage money in a safe environment through role play in order to pay at the supermarket when they were buying stuff. Then there was a social skills training part where they taught the fundamentals of interpersonal communication to practice social and communication behaviors in a group setting. There was also the Emotions Project, in which they learned to recognize the characteristics of emotions and understand when they're activated in their daily lives. And then finally, the Apartment Project, in which people were provided with a common area where they could spend the weekend independently under the supervision of trained psychologists and therapists to promote activities of daily living, basic autonomy, and improve socialization skills. Besides the fact that this is an amazing program where people who I assume like to cook anyway went and learned a skill about making pasta from hand, which is a dying skill, by the way, it also used ABA. When you hear the words or the letters ABA, this is what it is. It's development of skills in different environments with things that people with autism enjoy doing. I know ABA gets a bad rap, but I'm not saying that every ABA therapist is perfect. Of course, we always need to do better. But let's not dismiss all of the principles of ABA because people perceive it as being one specific thing in one particular environment. It's not. It's a set of skills that people learn in a variety of settings. It helps promote adaptive skills and socialization and language. And it's not just sitting there and getting M&Ms for pressing the right button. That's what people think it is. It's not. So I do want to say something. This wasn't a randomized control trial. They literally looked at these 20 people. They looked at their skills before this uh, week's long intervention and then after. And it found that it improved autism severity and adaptive skills measured by daily living skills. Now, it wasn't just about the pasta. It was about the whole program. And again, this isn't cooking and making pasta. It's cooking and learning skills. I want to also mention that this study was done during the pandemic, and so there were lots and lots of starts and stops, and the whole thing probably needs to be redone. But even the pa- during the pandemic, this was beneficial. And if you like to cook, cook. It was so well-received in Italy that a famous Italian chef named Mossimo Bottura realized that this was not only a beneficial program, but it allowed the art of making tortellini and pasta by hand to be carried down to the next generation. It now has its own space and Chef Batura has enrolled his own son in the program. It is expert endorsed. I love it. Another one is music therapy. You know, I know people who have benefited from music therapy, but the literature doesn't always say it's helpful. Well, it's not Helpful for all people, or does it just not help core autism symptoms? And let's face it, there's a lot of variability in what the words music therapy mean and the rigor and intensity and types of music therapies out there. So the Cochrane Group did a review of randomized control trials, quasi random control trials, and clinical trials that compared music therapy to some other intervention, either a standard of care or sometimes no therapy. Sometimes it lasted three days and sometimes the interventions lasted eight months. They just took all the studies and put them together. All in all, music therapy combined to whatever the placebo was or the no treatment or the standard of care treatment was more likely to improve global functioning and to slightly increase the quality of life with a larger reduction in autism symptom severity. So there was no difference in social interaction, no difference in nonverbal communication or verbal communication or repetitive behaviors. So it doesn't really help core autism symptoms. But if you like music and it helps, then go for it. Go to music therapy. I should say that these music therapies, the one I read about at least, are not just sitting in a room listening to music. They are individual or in groups. They Use skills and activities that promote social communication through singing, engaging kids and adults through singing, sharing of the musical experience, and listening and identifying different sounds. Sometimes the music puts people in a more more relaxed state so that interventions are better delivered. It's kind of a mishmash, I'm not going to lie, but it doesn't seem to hurt and it may help, again, not with core autism symptoms, but with other things. So finally, on to some more traditional approaches, yes, medications. Now, I'm not going to lie, there's already some literature that's looked at some medications and core autism features and other studies that for the most part have shown little effect on core autism features. But what about behaviors or features like irritability and emotional dysregulation, which may not be core, but are still problematic? A recent systematic review scrutinized 45 different studies and looked at different classes of drugs like anti-opiate drugs, antipsychotics, omega-3 fatty acids, drugs that worked on the GABA system, the nicotine system, dextromethorphan, which is a cough medicine, but it also works on the NMDA receptor, anti-Alzheimer's drugs, ADHD drugs, mood stabilizers, and they only included randomized clinical trials. So this was the cream of the crop, so to speak, in terms of rigor. They had to have a placebo and they had to look at emotional dysregulation and irritability. The fact that all of these studies in the review had a placebo randomized control arm was important. As you may know, as you know, the placebo effect, the effect of having a response even when you don't get a treatment is strong in ASD and it's complicated a lot of intervention studies. So the only thing that showed up significant in reducing emotional dysregulation and irritability were the antipsychotics. But those were also the most commonly studied. While you may think, great, antipsychotics work. They do have side effects. Almost 80% showed some side effects. And this included motor problems um, and weight gain. And while ADHD meds didn't seem to be as effective for treating ASD, They may be more beneficial for those with ASD and comorbid ADHD. Now, that's hypothetical. There was just like a kind of like a hint of a difference there. So when you lump all these people together in sorts of different studies, let's face it, you're getting all sorts of different people and that's an issue. However, I think it's safe to say that things like diuretics, fatty acids, opiate antagonists, GABA and nicotine drugs may not be what you want to turn to first if you're looking to reduce emotional dysregulation and irritability. They did look at some moderating factors, for example, studies that allowed people to be on medications and those that just included children or adults, but that didn't seem to make any difference. This is a hard topic to medicate or not medicate. Families need more options for emotional dysregulation and irritability. Antipsychotics work, but they have a lot of side effects. But these three studies do have something in common. The commonality is that it's not always about the core autism symptoms, but how different therapies impact real-life problems of people with ASD. This includes living, adaptive behavior, emotional dysregulation, irritability, and just general functioning. Thanks for listening. Next week is Memorial Day. There will be no podcast, but I look forward to talking to you in June.